America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth, or is it a day of infamy? Is it a day of disaster? Is it a day that is like the end of the world and uh, will gin up Democrats to make major changes in our governmental system? What kind of changes? Well, first of all, getting rid of the filibuster so they can now pass a new federal law replacing Roe v. Wade, which, at least according to an illegally leaked uh, court decision written by Justice Alito, is going to end up on the ash heap of history. Or is it? Uh, to help go through all of this confusion, we have a number of outstanding scholars, none more outstanding or influential than Alan Dershowitz, longtime professor at Harvard Law School for 50 years more, uh, now a professor emeritus. Uh, Alan, uh, you are not surprised, are you, by this outcome? Surprised at the leak, but surprised at the outcome. I'm shocked, shocked at the leak. You know, I've been following the Supreme Court for 60 years. I clerked on it. Nothing like this has ever happened. I am surprised at the outcome. I really thought that Chief Justice Roberts would be able to get one vote or perhaps two votes to simply affirm the Mississippi case involving 15 weeks, but not reach out and reverse Roe versus Wade yet. I thought maybe that would be coming in years to come, but they would do it gradually by first upholding the Mississippi statute. But in an act of what can only be called judicial activism, the court said, look, we have the numbers, let's do it. And that's what seems to be happening. Do you um, believe that uh, there will be success? Because it seems to me there may be in uh, putting forward a national piece of legislation to basically replace Roe uh, legislatively? Well, there are three steps. First, the Democrats have to have a majority. They don't seem to have it in the Senate. Uh, there are two senators at least that probably won't vote for a national right to abortion bill. If they overcome that and overcome the, uh, you know, the, the legislative filibuster, then they still have to survive in the courts because this court may not uphold a national uh, right of abortion based on the Commerce Clause. That's the way it would have to be done. They'd have to argue that since people will travel in interstate commerce to get abortions, Congress has the right to nationally legislate the right of abortion applied to all the states. That's a stretch. It's not so clear that that would be upheld by this Supreme Court. Now, just to make it clear for everyone, first of all, this decision has not been announced yet. Uh, and we don't even know how Justice Roberts is uh, going to vote on this decision. But since right now it's five to three, uh, there's a majority anyway. But this does not actually change the law in any state, does it? Well, not by itself. What it does is it gives the states the power to do more than just restrict abortion, but to abolish it. And the next step is going to be the very hard question is, how far can states go? Can they abolish the right to have an abortion pill uh, just days after pregnancy? Can they stop abortion clinics from giving out pills not doing surgical abortions? These are issues that will have to be tested in the courts. So we're in for a 
a long series of legislative and judicial battles. I'm going to make a political prediction here, which will be very questionable to some. I think in the end this will help the Democrats electorally and hurt Republicans because the vast majority of American voters believe that a woman should have some right of abortion. And if they have to vote for that legislatively, I think a lot of moderate Republicans and independents may well say, look, I don't want my daughter going to a back alley abortionist. I want there to be some right of abortion. So it may turn out to bite them in the rear end politically, but that's you know unclear. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, all of these laws that have been passed recently, uh, clearly the uh, Mississippi law, which allows 15 weeks uh, for uh, a legal abortion, and then there's a ban after 15 weeks, Mississippi would survive. I think the Oklahoma law and the Texas law are among the most uh, severe, where in the Texas law, it's it's six weeks. Uh, yeah. That what what strikes me, Alan, about all of this is when you look back at the polling, and I just did this morning, it's been very, very consistent. It's never been an overwhelming majority who say they are uh, pro-choice, but it's been a majority. And yeah. what this seems to show is that up till now, the passion has really been on the pro-life side. People are fighting to save the lives of babies, and that motivates them very profoundly. Do you agree with me that there has been more passion on this issue from the pro-life side than the pro-choice side? Not only do I agree with that, but I wrote back in 1973 when Roe was decided, and then I published something in a book in, 19, in 2000 in which I said exactly that, that Roe versus Wade from the point of view of having a woman have the right to choose may have been a mistake because it really created a tremendous political movement among uh, right-to-lifers. And the other side said, well, we don't have to really organize. We have the Supreme Court on our side. And it's always a mistake if you're in politics to rely on the Supreme Court. You have to get the voters behind you. That's a big mistake that liberals have made over the years. Uh, you know, they won such great victories in Brown versus Board of Education, uh, in the right to gay marriage, in the right to marry people of a different race. All of those were important victories by the Supreme Court. And the left got very lazy politically. And it's only been recently when Roe was endangered that the left became energized. And now they're going to be very energized. And I think that may have an impact even in the 2022 midterms, but more likely uh, in years to come. Right now, a number of people, Eric Swalwell, Ocasio-Cortez, Senator Schumer, lots of people on the Democratic side, and we'll play that for folks a little bit later in the show, but they're saying that uh, this is just the beginning. Next, the GOP is going to be coming after gay marriage. It's going to be coming after prayer in schools. It's going to be coming after lots of other elements of settled law. I don't believe that to be true, do you? I believe it's partially true. They won't go after gay marriage. Um, they won't go after contraception. They will go after prayer in the schools, but they're already after prayer in the schools. Look, the Kennedy case, uh, you know, prayer uh, after a football game. Um, the religious right is very much attacking, and I think they have the numbers on their side. Look, as you know, I never, the reason I'm right all the time and Tubin and Tribe are always wrong is because I never allow my politics and my own personal preferences to interfere with my analysis, whereas these other characters 
are always predicting what they want to happen or what they are fearful of happening without necessarily analyzing the issues carefully and objectively. And my careful and objective analysis says uh, the right's going to be pretty well satisfied on the issue of gay rights uh, and miscegenation, issues of that kind. They will go after religious prayer in the school. So I think you're mostly correct. Okay, uh, in, can you imagine uh, Republican candidates making a demand uh, as part of their campaigns for the court to go further on other issues, that, to basically to become an activist court to move the country in a more conservative direction? I think they will on religion because they have the polls on their side. The vast majority of Americans believe in prayer in the school. And they believe in Christian prayer in school. That's unconstitutional in my view, but that's what the polls show. And I think the Supreme Court's inclined toward that. For example, in the Kennedy case, imagine if Kennedy were a Muslim coach, and he got to the court after the game and said, now let's pray to Allah, let's read from Sharia, and let's... Uh, or if it was an atheist coach who said, don't blame, don't credit God with this victory, this was just hard work. And, and end of it, they, they wouldn't have allowed that. So... When you say prayer in the schools, you mean Christian prayer, and mostly mean Protestant prayer. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure I agree with you at all on that. I think, frankly, if uh, Coach Kennedy had been a Muslim coach, he just wouldn't have had enough participants to make it an issue. Alan Dershowitz, I know you have to run. Uh, more to come on what next on the abortion issue on The Medved Show. If you want to hear more of Alan Dershowitz, and it's usually a bracing idea, even if you disagree with him entirely on what he has to say, uh, he says it so well and in such a provocative manner. It's it's always enlightening and and entertaining. Uh, he's available on the Dare Show, D E R S H O W, like Dare Show, as if it were German. Uh, this is available on Rumble and Apple. And uh, you can hear more as people are trying to react to a, uh, an extremely fluid situation. For one thing, there is now a, uh, an authoritative article saying that the copy of the opinion written by Judge Justice Alito and signed on to by four of his colleagues giving him a bare majority on the court uh, with uh, Justice Roberts not committed yet one way or another. But with that going on, it is a genuine opinion. It is legitimate. This is the draft right now. It's not too late for the court to change it. It's not too late for one of the justices uh, who has signed on to the decision to switch. I think that would be very unlikely because the people behind this decision are the three Trump appointees uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and the um, uh, they are joined by Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito, who wrote the opinion, and that's a pretty solid five. That's the majority that everybody's been talking about. Does this represent the end of the day? No, but it has provoked the tweet of the day. Turn the page now to the internet. Really, really, really. 
I mean, wow, what a great, smart tweet. Change his password so he no longer has access to his Twitter feed. Did you send the tweet? I did not send that tweet. My system was hacked. I was pranked. Donald Trump hasn't tweeted at us once, and I'm starting to get worried about him. So we have a new tweet. All right. Can I do the honors? Stand by. Tweet alert. Okay, this is from Eric Swalwell, the congressman from California, scandal-tinged congressman from California. Eric Swalwell tweets out today, the Republicans won't stop with banning abortion. They want to ban interracial marriage. Do you want to say that? Well, then you should probably vote. Um, okay, given the fact that there are going to be as soon as she takes her seat, two black justices on the Supreme Court. And both of those black justices, both Katanji Brown Jackson and Clarence Thomas, happen to be married to white people. I think <laughs> the, the attempt to uh, ban interracial marriage, first of all, who wants to ban interracial marriage? Has, has there been a single Republican voice, a single voice outside I mean, the fever swamps of the extreme, 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 uh, beyond Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, anybody who has talked about we have to go back to banning uh, marriage between different races? And that was the case. The, there was the Blessing case in 1967. They even made a pretty good movie about it. And in 1967, there were still 15 states that had bans on interracial marriage. And the court, in a, a decision that nobody contests, uh, threw them out. The, the difference with uh, Roe v. Wade is uh, basically there is a 14th Amendment that says you are guaranteed equal protection of the law. In other words, equal rights before the law, before the power of government, regardless of your race, that you can't make the application of rights contingent on somebody's racial status. It's one of the bases in which people actually go up against, and this is going to be another key decision, very controversial to be sure. I think this court is very likely to uh, strike down uh, race-based admissions, college admissions, and other ideas of preferential racial treatment, it goes against the 14th Amendment, regardless of which race you're hurting or, or promoting. Uh, American people are, as Dr. King, of course, famously said, supposed to be judged on the content of our character, uh, not the color of our skin. So, uh, by the way, other tweets today, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez warn progressives that the Supreme Court isn't just coming for abortion. After a leak of the Supreme Court draft ruling that would overturn Roe v. Wade, quote, as we've warned, SCOTUS isn't just coming for abortion, they're coming for the right to privacy Roe rests on, which includes gay marriage plus civil rights. Well, it doesn't. She's wrong. The uh, idea of the Obergefell case, which... Uh, basically mandated gay marriage for all of the states. And, and gay marriage is, is safe. Over 70% of people in America support gay marriage. And what you would have to have here is an uh, overturning of the Ogbergfell decision 
No one's even suing about that. I'm not even sure how you'd have standing to sue about that. And uh, then on top of that, you'd have to have a revision in the laws in every legislature in the land to come into con uh, confirmation. And, and there would be very few legislatures that would want to overturn the impact of Obergefell. In other words, what you would have to have for gay marriage to be struck down would be some kind of case that said, uh, no, the court had no right to mandate gay marriage in the Obergefell decision. It was wrongly decided. I believe that to be true, by the way. But then after that, you would have to go to California and New York and Alabama and Oklahoma and all, everywhere across the country and ask the legislatures to figure out what they want to do about it. Because right now, at the moment, the entire country is following the dictate of the court made some years ago in the Obergefell case. So gay marriage is a reality. And uh, Ocasio-Cortez then tweeted, Manchin is blocking Congress codifying Roe. House has seemingly forgotten about Clarence Thomas. I don't know what she wants the House to do about Clarence Thomas. These two points must change. Okay, does she want to see Clarence Thomas impeached? That's always a possibility for the House to take on because of his, his wife's comments during the crisis surrounding January 6th. Really? The uh, liberal firebrand continued taking shots at Senator Joe Manchin and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Okay, what what exactly has Thomas done here? The uh, the the idea that um, that all of this is now up for grabs. What it is? It's a desperate, desperate maneuver to try to uh, stir up voters because there's all kinds of evidence that the Democrats are in trouble with voters right now. Will that change with this case? Should it change with this case? 1-800-955-1776. We'll be right back with the latest from President Biden's reaction coming up on The Medved Show. On the uh, Michael Medved show, there's a statement that's been released by President Biden. Uh, there apparently is going to be more. We will bring it to you when he actually talks about it. Uh, his formal statement from the White House on this uh, issue, he says, we do not know whether this draft is genuine or whether it reflects the final decision of the court. They are reporting elsewhere that um, the Chief Justice is furious, and uh, he said this, and he said, to the extent this betrayal of the confidences of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way, Robert said. We at the court are blessed to have a workforce, permanent employees and law clerks alike, intensely loyal to the institution and dedicated to the rule of law. That begs the question, okay, who then leaked this? Alan Dershowitz gave the opinion. He thought it might be some junior clerk who thought that he or she could stop this 
uh, opinion written by Justice Alito from actually becoming the law of the land and being announced. It would normally be announced some weeks from now. Uh, they uh, there's also talk that they may they may speed up the release of this final judgment. And uh, Democrats, of course, are eager to see that because it would change the whole politics of the moment, which look other than this latest development, just deadly for Democrats. In any event, speaking of Democrats, the president goes on in his statement with that critical caveat, meaning that where nobody knows for sure whether the draft is genuine, though now Justice Roberts and others on the court have said it is. Uh, with that critical caveat, I want to be clear on three points about the cases before the Supreme Court. First, my administration argued strongly before the court in defense of Roe v. Wade. We said that Roe is based on a long line of precedents recognizing the 14th Amendment's concept of personal liberty against government interference with intensely personal decisions, unquote. I believe that a woman's right to choose is fundamental. Roe has been the law of the land for almost 50 years, and basic fairness and the stability of our law demand that it not be overturned. Second, shortly after the enactment of Texas law SB8 and other laws restricting women's reproductive rights, I directed my gender policy council, who knew the White House had a gender policy council, but of course, and White House counsel's office to prepare options for an administration response to the continued attack on abortion and reproductive rights under a variety of possible outcomes in the cases pending before the Supreme Court. We will be ready when any ruling is issued. Well, that means they must be ready now because this ruling could be issued literally at any moment and probably will be issued sooner than it was initially expected. Third, the president says, if the court does overturn Roe, it apparently will. It will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose. And it will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. At the federal level, we will need more pro-choice senators and pro-choice majority in the House to adopt legislation that codifies Roe, which I will work to pass and sign into law. Uh, this is um, uh, all very difficult in terms of scheduling some kind of a vote on, on this issue. Uh, as long as they have a filibuster, they would probably be able to block that. They also may not have, regardless of a uh, the question of a, uh, a filibuster, they may not have a Senate majority that wants to strike down or overcome or codify Roe and guarantee abortion. In other words, it would probably have to be, in order to get a Senate majority, a much more moderate situation that would be more like the Mississippi law. Now, what's the importance of the Mississippi law? That was the law that the court was hearing when this decision, uh, if it is in fact a legitimate decision and it is one that actually was written by Justice Alito, it sounds like him. I mean, it bears his style as a number of people have commented. But uh, when they come down to a vote, they will probably go the way of the kind of compromise bill that they passed in Mississippi. Now you hear Mississippi, you think, oh, this is going to be 
so extreme. Uh, the Texas law, you could say, is extreme. The Oklahoma law is relatively extreme. Mississippi is not because Mississippi allows abortion to continue up till 15 weeks. And the Planned Parenthood itself says that 95% of all abortions do occur before 15 weeks. So basically what you're doing is you're eliminating 5% of the abortions uh, nationally, not just in Mississippi, but nationally, if, uh, if this particular regulation takes hold. Now, the thing about uh, what, what Professor Dershowitz was talking about was he thought that the court would basically just pass on the Mississippi law and say, okay, this law's okay, without making any more sweeping statement. The statements by Justice Alito in the apparent decision are very sweeping, and they're very right. The one thing he says is that the Constitution of the United States, and you can look through it and look through it and look through it, and it's a good idea for everybody to do that. It's kind of refreshing. It uh, sharpens the mind. It's well worth undertaking. But try to find anything that even vaguely hints at a constitutional position on abortion. It doesn't. There is no way and no place that the Constitution or any of the amendments to the Constitution say a damn thing about a right to privacy. I remember back in law school there was a dissent for the Griswold case, which uh, came up just a few years before I was actually in law school. And the uh, dissent in the Griswold case was by Hugo Black, uh, a great Roosevelt-appointed justice, Franklin Roosevelt-appointed justice, and yes, a former member of the Ku Klux Klan. But he had gone on to become a, a groundbreaking justice, particularly on civil rights issues, like the Brown versus School Board case, like the whole idea of getting rid of uh, segregation, getting rid of Jim Crow, and Justice Black wrote a dissent on the Griswold case, which set up the whole idea of a constitutional right to privacy, saying, no, no, the Constitution doesn't say anything about privacy, but we can take an emanation of a penumbra, and a penumbra is an extended shadow. In other words, we can mind read into what these dead founders and what the dead authors of the 14th Amendment had to say about various issues and then extrapolate and create this whole basic superstructure called the right to privacy. And the one thing that some of the alarmists here are right about is that if there were, first of all, the court doesn't just decide what goes and what doesn't go. It hears cases. And it, for the court, for instance, the original Griswold right to privacy case was a case about a law in Connecticut that outlawed uh, contraceptives, which were just coming into practice at that time in 1964 when that court was adjudicated, when that case was adjudicated. And the idea is there are no pending cases to try to overturn Griswold. So Griswold stands, uh, even though the uh, court writes derisively about the so-called right to privacy, which was made up for that case. 
we will get to more and some of the voices. A uh, U.S. senator, I mean, just freaking out, uh, calling uh, this decision, if it is, in fact, the right decision, a five-alarm fire. What are the five alarms? We'll get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. They're not talking about it yet, but I think uh, they will be, uh, certainly by the end of the week. <laughs> I mean, that's not a long time, right? Not in the midst of a ferocious political season like we have today. Uh, right now, a very close primary. Today is primary day in Ohio. Uh, we will see what happens, and we'll get to uh, opportunity to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, right now, what everybody is talking about on the Democratic side is trying to push and push and push to have a federal codification of Roe. And what that means is that with the Roe v. Wade decision... Uh, basically gone and erased, and it was something that is not part of the Constitution. It is a an opinion that was waged by the Supreme Court, which, of course, has the force of law until the court changes its opinion. And uh, at least five justices appear ready to change the opinion that... Uh, the Constitution of the United States and the people who are there at the Constitutional Convention or who passed the uh, Bill of Rights, uh, James Madison largely responsible for that, that they all had it in mind secretly that uh, abortion should be a considered a human right. Well, most Americans do agree with that, by the way. I mean, 54% of Americans, according to a brand new a poll by the uh, Washington Post and uh, uh, ABC News, 54% of Americans think the 1973 Roe decision should be upheld. 28% think it should be overturned. That's almost exactly a two-to-one margin against what the court has just done. But then again, the court is not supposed to be basing its decisions on uh, opinion polls or even prospective voters because the court has this unique power to overcome decisions made by elected legislatures. And that's why what this decision would mean would be sending this back to the states and right now, there is no way that anything in this decision is going to alter anything in the California law or the state of Washington law or the New York state law. It, it could have uh, the uh, impact of allowing other states that have passed laws restricting abortion, allowing those restrictions to stand. But nothing changes because, except in those states where the legislatures have voted for changes. Um, let us uh, go to Matthew calling in from Oregon. You're on the Michael Medved Show. Hey, Michael. All right. So what you're talking to is someone who, like, I, I don't like. Okay, so here's the deal. 
it sounds to me like the Republican Party, especially your end of it, is in the process of changing out who the voter blocks that they want to attract. Me, there's not a whole lot to the Republican Party as far as the economics and a lot of that stuff that I'm actually attracted to. But what I what has always gotten me to vote Republican was kind of always the promise that we're we're kind of working on getting rid of, you know, getting rid of abortion because you're a pro-lifer. And I've had to really sit down and think about it. And I've been talking to a lot of people in my community and they're starting to like see it more my way. I'm not a pro-lifer. I'm anti-murder. And I look at it as a holocaust. Whereas you look at it as political, thought, you know, a political thing. And if you, like for me, your perspective, like if it goes to the Mississippi way, for me, that's not even, that's not even a win. That's just like people. Wait, 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 wait. If, if, you're, if you believe that abortion is murder, uh, wouldn't, yeah. you, wouldn't you take a compromise that, um, that basically uh, ended 95% of the murders in the country? And the Mississippi law, which uh, allows abortion up to 15 weeks, is, uh, sure. is something that, that protects, and particularly when you talk about the ability of a baby to feel pain, the ability of a baby in the course of development, that's something that was even in the original Roe v. Wade decision. That's why sure, even sure. during Roe v. Wade, it stopped those horrific uh, uh uh, late stage abortions of which there thankfully are very few because it's against the law i i you know i see that but the problem is now is is really what is what is the pitch what is the pitch to a guy i i really am a single issue barely like i'm a single issue republican voter got it oh well too oh it, it's either that or it would be anti-Democrat party. Like, those are kind of what you're working with with me. The, the rest of the stuff, I kind of disagree with a lot of other things. Like, I believe that multinational corporations should have severe regulations on them. You guys don't believe that. I, I, mean, I mean, I believe things that you just, I'm a little probably way too protectionist for you guys. And I understand that. And so I'm trying to think, okay, for me, I'm looking at, I mean, Okay, let's say that that helps out with that, but is, is the Republican Party still fighting to go farther? What are they doing? Are well, they, again, uh, again, it, it, what what we're what we're going to be seeing, and this is it's a great call, and I, I appreciate your your position, Matthew. But one of the things you should look forward to is, I think ultimately there's going to be a Democratic push for a constitutional amendment. They have no chance of getting it because they would need two-thirds of uh, both houses of Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They won't get it. But in a place of a constitutional amendment, they're going to try to do, and as Professor Dershowitz pointed out, based on the Commerce Clause, a national law that would guarantee the right to abortion. Now, whether that guarantees the right to abortion right up to the moment of delivery uh, probably their law would try to do that. They won't get that passed. And for you to continue to enjoy, and you should, 
the victory on the pro-life decision that was just rendered by Justice Alito and that's going to be issued at some point soon, uh, that decision is going to need protection against efforts to uh, go after it in uh, in every state. And again, people are different in this state by state. However, even if you look at states like Texas, which has one of the most restrictive uh abortion laws they they protect the baby from the development of six weeks on and uh, but that is not supported by a majority of voters in Texas and that's why the Democrats find this and by the way your negativity about the Democratic Party is something that I share and one of the things they are going to try to do is to uh, push this to their political advantage and they do that with statements like this from Senator Patty Murray, our statement up here in the state of Washington, who described our situation at the morning this morning like this. This is clip 17. This is a five alarm fire. It is exactly the kind of dangerous outcome I have been warning about and was always the goal of Republicans. They are already banning abortion in state legislatures across our country. They are, are already planning for a federal ban right here in the Senate. And they already pushed through the far-right justices to overturn Roe and end the right to an abortion. In a matter of days or weeks, the horrifying reality is we could live in a country without Roe, a country where women are forced to remain pregnant no matter their personal circumstances. And yes, we are also talking about situations like rape or incest. Okay, uh, she goes on, and again, a five-alarm fire. And that prospect, I think Democrats are licking their chops over because some of the polling here well, for instance, there's this, and this again from an ABC News Washington Post poll. The uh, finds that 57% of Americans oppose their state making abortions, abortions legal only in the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. And uh, Arizona, Florida, Idaho, Kentucky, Texas, Wyoming have passed new abortion restrictions recently. And four out of 10 residents in those states or even aware that those restrictions were passed in their states. They're going to become aware. We're all going to become aware. And we need to be prepared in this great...